Alright, what's going on everyone? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. Uh, it is a Friday, but it's been a busy, busy week. I've just, I, honestly, if I'm going to be 100% honest, it has not been a good week. I've been pissed off. I've been having a lot of stuff come up, and it's just like my busy level is at a 10. So, uh, look, and it has not been with the betting. <laughs> I've actually had a great week sports betting. Um, I know, you know, a lot of you are like, oh, great, thanks for the picks, right? But that's not it. That's not it. We've been doing great betting sports. We're locked in with college. We've been doing well in the MLB and then the French Open and all that stuff. But it's just been a, a you know, sometimes we have good weeks, sometimes we don't. And, uh, so anyway, uh, enjoy this playback. We will talk to you tomorrow bright and early right here on Sports Betting Daily. All right, so let's get into it. Different investment tactics and strategies for betting sports. So let's just dive in. Let's start off with arbitraging. Arbitraging is something that uh, doesn't get talked about enough, in my opinion. And the reason may be simple. Maybe it's it's not available enough or readily available enough for the public that the public hears about it. And arbitraging is very simple. What you're doing is betting both sides of a game, guaranteeing a profit. And here's what this usually looks like. It's usually if there's teams that are around even money. Okay, it's like minus 110, minus 110. Let's say we have a hockey game because let's talk some money line here. We have a hockey game and the uh, the, the, the spread on one sports book is Team A. I'm going to have to write this down. Is Team A minus 120, Team B plus 105, okay? And there's another sports book that has it flipped. Team B is plus 105, and Team A is minus 120. What we would do is bet on sports, on the first sports book, bet on Team B at plus 105, and on the second sports book, bet on Team A at plus 105. What we're now doing is taking the role of the house, we are betting plus 110, whatever you want to say, plus 105, both sides, guaranteeing profit. So yes, if you bet $100 on each game, you're going to guarantee you make $5, right? You're spending $200, $100 on the first bet, $100 on the second bet, and you know you're going to win one, lose one. But the key is they're both plus 105. So it doesn't matter which one wins or loses, you're going to lose 100 and you're going to win 105. Now, you may say, Tyler, I don't want to spend spend my whole day searching for these and, and, and investing $200 to guarantee five. It doesn't seem like it's worth it. To which I would say, you're right. You can't make a living doing this. You can't just arbitrage and pay the bills. But these are all, everything we're going to talk about on today's show, they're all in the arsenal of a sports better. Any good, profitable sports better executes everything we're going to talk about today on today's show, within the course of like a week. You're doing all these things. So I try and arbitrage any chance I can. I'm always looking for it. My antennas are always up. I have a little text group with my buddy. It's anytime any of us sees an arbitrage, we just text the other one because it's essentially free money, which is why it's very, very, very hard to find. But the reason why arbitraging exists is because some sports books do work and move independently. And so if there's going to be a book out there that gives a rogue number, we can sometimes find opportunities to arbitrage. Now, there are other situations where we can arbitrage, and that's during a live event. This is actually how I got in trouble with uh, BetMGM. So live arbitraging is taking the other side of a game, guaranteeing a profit in the same game live. So let's, let's say uh, this weekend... Okay, if we, uh, let me pull up some NFL here. A little NFL. NFL, we are going to go money line this weekend. Let's say we're going to take the, 
How about that, the Broncos? I'm from Denver. I know they haven't been looking great. I'm not going to take the Broncos. But let's say Denver, a plus 115. They're playing in uh, in England, in foggy London town. They're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars in England. Uh, Broncos are plus 115. Let's say, hypothetically, we bet the Broncos pregame. And the Broncos get off to a great start. Okay? Great start. Let's say they're up 21 nothing going into halftime. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are now, I don't know, plus 300. What we would do is bet Jacksonville plus three hundred, and we'll, we'll, I don't think it's the, it's the it's the day to get into exact amounts or how we arbitrage. Maybe I can do a deep dive on arbitraging and talk about how much you bet. Do you do you want to make your money back? Do you want to make a little bit on each way? We'll talk about that on a different a, a different show. But that's the idea here: is we now have a ticket for Denver plus one fifteen money line and Jacksonville plus three hundred money line. Now, obviously, if we bet $100, the same amount on each bet, we want Jacksonville to come back and win. We're going to make more money. But the point here is, regardless of the outcome, we're guaranteeing ourselves a profit. And I will also say this. Arbitraging is the fastest way to get banned. Okay, It's the quickest way to get banned. Uh, if you're doing it in the same book, that's how I got in trouble with BetMGM. It's fine if we take the Broncos plus 115 and then take Jacksonville plus 300 on a different sports book. They're not going to be able to tell the difference. Okay, so for us, we guarantee profit. And for the sports books, they don't care. You know? But when you do it in the same book, okay, if I do it in the same sports book, then they notice. They don't like you guaranteeing a win against them. They'll cut your limits pretty quickly. So that's arbitraging. Arbitraging is guaranteeing a profit by betting both sides of any given game. Let's talk about middling. Next topic here is middling. Uh, middling, I think, sometimes gets confused with arbitraging. They kind of have a little bit of overlap, but not a ton. So middling is where, again, you bet both sides of a game, but we're not guaranteeing a profit. What we're offering ourselves with middling is a 20 to 1 situation. Now, the 20 to 1 number comes from minus 110 sports or minus 110 bets, which is what we'll focus on today. And here's how it works. Let's say, let's use an NFL game this weekend. Let's use the New England Patriots at the New York Jets. Okay. New England is currently minus two and a half at the New York Jets. Let's, I don't care about the line. You may disagree with the line. You may think the Jets are the play. I don't care. We're not talking about that. We're not handicapping. We're just using this as an example. So let's say we take the New York Jets. Or let's, sorry, sorry. Let's say we take the Patriots minus two and a half. Okay. So right now, when we're recording this on a, on a Wednesday, we take the Patriots Minus two and a half at minus 110. Let's say that line moves through the week. Patriots minus three. And then let's say on Sunday, Patriots are minus three and a half. Okay, again, I don't think this will happen, but just hypothetical. Work with me here. So we already have the bet that we made on Wednesday, Patriots plus two and a half. And the line has moved to Patriots minus three and a half. So what we can do in a middle situation is now bet the Jets plus three and a half. So what's going to happen more often than not? More often than not, when you're middling, you're going to win one, lose one, which means you're going to lose a little bit of money. Let's say in this example, we put $110 to win 100 on each of those bets. Okay, So we have 110 to win 100 on the New York Jets, plus three and a half, and 110 to win 100 on the New England Patriots, minus two and a half. More times than not, like I said, we're going to lose 110 and win 100. Okay, so... We can expect that in the majority of the situations, we're going to lose 10 bucks. But in those magical times where it does land on three or it does hit the middle number, you get 20 to one for your bet. 
And what I mean by that is we're essentially risking the 10, right? You're guaranteed that, not guaranteed, but more times than not, you're going to lose the 10. So we're risking that $10 that we're going to lose sometimes for the chance of winning 200. Because when it lands on three or lands in the middle of whatever you're betting, it's a 20 to one bet. So the math is actually relatively simple. Is whatever bet you're making going to land in that middle one out of 19 times or more? If the answer is yes, you've got a profitable bet on your hands. And I will say this, in the NFL, if a spread is three, okay, if a team closes minus three, historically, that game has landed on three right about 10% of the time, which is a, a very high number, okay? So think about it. If you have a proposition that's going to happen one out of 10 times, aka 10%, and we are getting 20 to one, aka one out of 20, or aka one out of uh, uh, 20 times, that's a hugely profitable bet. We're getting something that's going to happen 10% of the time. They're charging us like it's going to happen 5% of the time. So while those are few and far between, and while those are difficult to find themselves, that's a middle. You're getting 20 to 1, and you're usually, middles usually happen pregame, before the game. Um, during the week when there's line movement before the game kicks off. Now, you can still middle during a game, but there's just a couple issues there. First one being, you have to take into account game state. Okay, so opposed to arbitraging where you're just looking to make a buck and, and turn the game off, game state matters. And you only want to make a middle bet if that's the correct bet to make during the game. See, a lot of people, a lot of people approach live betting like this. They'll like a favorite. Let's say the favorite is minus eight. They don't want to lay minus eight. You know, who in the public wants to lay minus eight? Well, if that favorite gets down two touchdowns early and they're now like like plus one, a lot of people will say, hey, I got that minus eight favorite for plus one. We got a good number. But what they're ignoring is what's happening in the game. Okay, if you were to tell me before the game that the team I liked minus eight would be down two touchdowns in the first quarter, I would say, hmm, probably don't like the team minus eight anymore. <laughs> so that changes everything. So we have to take into account game state. So if you're going to middle during a game live, you have to think about, is this a good profitable bet? And you also have to account for, will it hit the middle one out of 19 times or more? That's that's important. But but game state matters, okay? Um, again, I don't want to go too in detail with that, but let's use a quick example about why game state matters. Let's say in the NFL, uh, we are betting on a team and let's, let's get rid of all the examples we've used. Just, just start another new hypothetical. Let's say in the NFL we're betting on a team. and uh, Or let's say in the NFL we want to bet on a team, but we're waiting. Okay, We're apprehensive and we want to bet live. And let's say they've given up two kick return touchdowns for uh, two kick returns for a touchdown. And they're down 14 nothing. Contrast that with they're down 14 nothing, but instead of two kick returns, the other team manufactured 80-yard drives and scored. Now answer me, what's the difference? Why does that matter to us? And the answer is because the kick returns can largely be considered luck. Okay, If you're down 14-0 off two fluky plays, I would be eager to get involved with the favorite because that's probably not sustainable through 60 minutes. However, if they drove down 80 yards, manufactured two awesome drives, I'm way, way less likely to get in on the favorite then because... The opponent is showing me maybe they have a game plan. Maybe they have something ready for this team. Maybe there's an, an edge in the X's and O's that we overlooked. So that's why game state matters. What's going on in the game is important, but just as important is how did that happen? All right, so we've talked about uh, arbitraging. We've talked about middling. Let's now get to hedging. 
Hedging is probably the most widely talked about, right? I would say of all the terms we're going to mention today, hedging is the one that most of you have heard. Uh, it's the most popular thing. It, it, it's used throughout the world of investing. So maybe you hear people talk about hedging in the stock market or even like, you know, it's just like a, a term, like, it, you know, if you're going to hedge your bets or something like that. So let's talk about what that means, because I think, I think with the more common phrase, there may be some misconceptions out there. Hedging is, again, kind of like arbitraging to where we're taking the other side of a bet, but hedging doesn't always guarantee a profit. I actually have a definition here from uh, Action Sports Network or the actionnetwork.com, which I disagree with this. They're confusing arbitraging and hedging. So the Action Network's, uh, uh, the Action Network's definition is hedging is a sports betting strategy in which a better takes the opposite side of their original bet once the original bet's likelihood of winning has increased. So that's actually not true. They got this right. It is a sports betting strategy in which a better takes the opposite side of an original bet. That's true. What they got wrong was once that original bet's likelihood of winning has increased. That doesn't matter. Sometimes your bet's likelihood of winning will have decreased and you want to hedge to get off of that game. You want to buy off of the game, okay? That, that's completely legitimate and realistic and it happens all the time in hedging. Hedging isn't necessarily always a good thing. Hedging could be, you know, I was onto something. I want to get off that. Let's get off right now. So hedging is taking the other side, but generally you're hedging as a risk management tool. Okay, according to the Action Network, when it says hedging is a sports betting strategy where a better takes the opposite side once the original bet's likelihood of winning is increased, that's not true. Okay, it can decrease, it can increase, it can do anything. It's more about the hedge of why we're making the bet, less about the actual number or the actual market. The Action Network goes on to say, the intention of a hedge, excuse me, the intention of a hedge is generally to guarantee a profit. Uh, wrong. As we talked about, that's an arbitrage. They're mixing up, and I know you may be saying, oh, Tyler, it's the Action Network. That's my point. Look at all the bad information that's out there from trustworthy sources. The Action Network may be the single most trustworthy source in the entire world of public sports betting. And the first thing I looked up today, I didn't single them out. I typed into Google hedging in sports betting and they popped up first. So it's not like I'm going, <laughs> I'm call on Action Network out today. I'm just using whatever came to me. And it's like, oh, they're wrong. Who is it? Mm, Action Network. So they're, they're confusing arbitraging and hedging. What they say here, the intention of a hedge is to guarantee a profit. That's wrong. That's, that's an arbitrage. It's just, it's, I know this is semantics, but we want to be smart here. We want to be educated and we want to understand what's going on. We don't want to look this is about being sort of like, like, like when you go to college, right? When you go to college, you want to be educated and nuanced in every little aspect of whatever you're studying. That's what this is. That's what these Wednesday shows are for. It's we're going to go through all this stuff and be correct and accurate. And even if you think I'm nitpicking, I think this is worth it. So um, hedging is generally going to be taking the other side, risk management, watching your, again, risk profile. And if you do guarantee a profit, that's called an arbitrage. If it's not a profit, that's a hedge. So hedging generally happens when you think you're on the wrong side, you want to get off of a game, and it will happen a lot when you buy early in the week. Okay, let's say we made a bet on Sunday night for some college football coming up this weekend. Well, what's one thing that's changed drastically over, what is today? Today's the 26th. Oh, from the 23rd Sunday to the 26th. I'll tell you one thing, the weather outlook this weekend. It was supposed to be a pretty good week in the, in the south and the east uh, coming up this weekend. Right now, they're looking at sleet 
some wind, some some rain. So that's one thing that changes. So if I made some bets on Sunday night, and I'm like, ah, shit. My, my whole handicap for that game's off now because the weather, and we're expecting hail and wind. I may just hedge off. It doesn't have to move in my favor. It doesn't have to move away from me. I just go, you know what? I don't want that bet anymore. I don't like the other side, but I just want to buy off the game. Now, when you do this, you're, you're going to spend a little bit of money. You know, it's going to cost you the vig, cost you a little bit to buy off. And a lot of people, when they say buy off, we're not going to talk about that today. That's essentially hedging. Hedging is where you're buying off of a current position in order to manage your risk profile. But that's the thing with the hedge. You know, hedge gets overused way too much. It's just making sure you're okay when you think you've made the wrong decision. And finally, let's wrap today's show up with reinvesting. Reinvesting is re- it's pretty interesting because when do you do it? How much do you do? And is it appropriate? And I'll tell you right now, reinvesting is, the definition is simple. Betting again on the same team you've already bet on. And let me say, before we get into the, the nuts and bolts of reinvesting, do not, I repeat, do not, I repeat again, do not get in the habit of reinvesting when the market moves in your favor. An example would be if we take team A at, let's say, plus three, and through the week, that team's moved to plus six, we don't want to reinvest at plus six. Because what a lot of people do is go, I love this handicap. I love that team at plus three. Of course, I love them plus six. Let's put some more money on it. And here's why that's wrong. Is you may be right sometimes, but in general, here's what you're saying. We've seen what the entire sports betting market has to say. We've seen what the books say. We've seen what the syndicates say. We've seen what these millionaires who make a living betting these sports have to say, and they all disagree with me, right? Because if anyone agreed with you who had real money, that line would have evened out somewhere. The way the books work is they're going to keep moving that line till the, till the action evens out. So in this hypothetical, that line moved from plus three to plus three and a half to four, four and a half, five, five and a half, six, and then finally... Maybe even moved to six and a half, and it got back to, uh, bet back down from six and a half to six, and then it evened out. So what you're saying, if you reinvest, is you're going to buck the entire sports betting world, and you're going to be right more than 55% of the time. That is not a good habit to get in. Okay? That's what I did a lot early in my career, and I learned quickly, not good, not a good thing. So when you're reinvesting, don't get in the habit of reinvesting when things don't go well pregame for your handicap. If it moves against you, Stick with it. You made a bad bet. You're going to have those in your, in, your, in your portfolio. Trust me, every week I've got tons of bad bets. And why does that happen? It happens because I bet early. And sometimes things change. But that's why you hedge. That's why you buy off of games. That's sometimes why you middle. That's why we're talking about today's strategies and tactics is because they're useful. You need to use these things. But reinvesting, don't ever do it when it moves against you. Now, don't make a habit of doing it when it moves against you. If it's your game of the year and it's moved a point and a half and you absolutely love it, fine. But don't make a habit of it. And when you do want to reinvest is generally, again, when it's profitable. Now, what's funny is everyone wants like a single answer for these things. When do you hedge? When do you arbitrage? When do you middle? Generally, the answer is, except for arbitraging because that's guaranteeing a profit. But with these other ones... It goes to the game state. It goes to, should you be making this bets? Is it a profitable bet to make? And if I'm going to reinvest, is it still profitable? What should the line be? What is the line currently? And this goes for live too. If we have a team minus, you know, minus three, and the game's going on, and it's a close game, and they're down to minus two and a half, but we still love that minus three, and we see the game state, 
then you know that's fine. Reinvest at minus two and a half. All you're doing is taking your position from an average of three. So if you rebuy at two and a half, now your average is two point seven five. So now you have double the amount bet at two point seven five instead of half the amount bet at three. The issue here is what you're doing is either knowingly or unknowingly, based on your approach, you are greatly rocketing your position. Okay, And a position, whether it's in the stock market or sports betting, is simply how much money you have on any given thing. And you want to be careful here because if you reinvest on a team one, two, a couple times, your, your position on that team is now so greatly overwhelmingly, what's the word here? I'm looking for a specific word. Uh, uh, your position is, oh, you're, you're exposed. That's exposure. That's what I'm looking for. It's the exposure on any one given game. If that happens to lose, and you've now put like four units on that one game, that can destroy you. Now you may say, well, what if it wins, Tyler? I understand that. It's going to win sometimes, it's going to lose sometimes, but generally, like we said, if you're going to buck, if you're going to do these things, it has to hit more than 55% of the time. So that's what, what reinvesting comes down to, is do it if it's profitable, but be aware that if you make the same bet on the same team, you're doubling your, your investment on that team at a new number granted, but that, I mean, doubling your bet's a big deal, right? And if you do it again, tripling your bet, then that's, 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 that's huge. So just be careful. When you're reinvesting, approach with caution. It can get a little out of control pretty quickly. So those are our terms we're going to go over for today. Arbitraging, middling, hedging, and reinvesting. Once again, arbitraging, guaranteeing a profit. And this is just sort of the layman's terms, wrapping it all up. Arbitraging, guaranteeing a profit. Middling, giving yourself an opportunity to have a 20 to 1 winner if it hits the middle, otherwise you're paying the VIG. Hedging, where you buy off the position when you think it's disadvantageous or you want to manage your risk profile. And then reinvesting, betting on the same team again, either at a, well, usually at a better number, but sometimes at a worse number if it's pregame, reinvesting, betting on the same team that you've already bet on. All right, uh, thanks for joining us today. It was a little bit of a different show, but uh, hopefully you got something out of it. Hopefully you learned a little bit of something about your investment strategies next time you're betting sports. Good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Sports Betting Daily.